Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Secret Cabinet. Hello and welcome to the now 30th episode of The Secret Cabinet, created by Der Budler in the original German and translated by me, Travis Dow. Today, tut tut, the mysterious trumpets of the pharaoh. With this subject, Der Budler had to think about whether he should make an episode in Das Geheime Kabinett, The Secret Cabinet, or whether he should put it in his other podcast about archaeology, Angekraben. Because, well, he did a couple episodes on the excavation of Tutankhamun's um, tomb by Howard Carter and and read from Carter's book a little bit, the the German translation, um, on his other show. And uh, Budler is actually an archaeologist by trade. And this really fits to that. But it ended up with the secret cabinet, or as someone recently put it, the bad younger brother of Angegraben. And not just because of the the length of the subject, but um, also because the finds in the royal tomb fall under kind of musical archaeology. And Budler wants to kind of introduce that subject a little bit more thoroughly on Angegraben. So he's not ready for this theme yet. And so we now find ourselves shortly before the outbreak of World War II. The radio was a relatively young invention, and a lot of experimentation took place. For instance, the BBC tried to broadcast a sound that had not been heard for thousands of years. The sound of the two trumpets, which had been discovered in the tomb of Tutankhamun in 1922. And we're talking about a bronze and silver shenep, a type of, well, basically a short trumpet, and a, you know, the cone-shaped trumpet, but this one from the 14th century BC. Both are about 45 centimeters or a foot and a half long. They're very ornate and both have the royal cartouche, as well as the cartouche for the gods Amun and Reharakiti and Ptah. These gods also stand for or symbolize the three strongest military units and show that perhaps they were used on a battlefield. Since it's the only sort of musical instruments of that type which are preserved from ancient Egypt, but also that they're despite their well-preserved nature, still very fragile, one really used them very sparingly and still does. But with that in mind, BBC's Rick Keening asked for permission to play them on air. The whole thing was supposed to be in the format of an interview with the curator, or, or the person in charge of the restoration, rather, of the Cairo Museum, Alfred Lucas, and also one of the last surviving or living members of Howard Carter's original dig and expedition. And they chose a site right in the Cairo Museum in front of one of the burial stones found 
of Tutankhamun's. Since they were expecting the instruments not to be played easily, they searched for a professional trumpet player and found one in the form of a military trumpet player from the British Hussar regiments, which were stationed in Egypt at the time. Even though it was only expected that the trumpets would play one or two sounds, Keating wanted, wanted to treat his 150,000 listeners, that's how many had a radio back then, listened to the BBC, and didn't just want to blast the trumpet for a couple of tones, but try to get a melody with three to four sounds. And even though it's known that it, a mouthpiece changes the tone and how, you know, how it's played, and this resulted in a couple hours of practice runs. But the first couple trials ended with ear-splitting weird sounds, they moved over into a couple of the rooms that were a little offside of the main part of the Cairo Museum. And now in the second trial of practice, in the middle of practice, the door burst open and the Egyptian king Farouk entered the room. He was visiting the museum unannounced and became curious from the badly sounding trumpet sounds and walked in to still his curiosity. And in the hubbub of formally greeting the king, there was suddenly a plop and a shattering noise from the direction of the military trumpet player that very awkwardly and embarrassed held up the pieces of the silver trumpet. The player tried to make it easier for himself and screwed on a modern Chenep mouthpiece. When it didn't quite fit inside the, the trumpet, he did what he normally does with his normal trumpet. He kind of smacked it with the palm of his hand just to get it into the mouthpiece a little bit. The rest was done by Newton's third law and the trumpet shattered into a thousand pieces. They decided to try and fix things as quickly and quietly as possible, get the trumpet back together, and never lose another word about it. Because this situation might have been enough to trigger revolts from the already taut political situation by the Egyptian public. Especially since the villain in this case was actually someone from the British army. The soldier, by the way, the military trumpet player, was literally sent off into the desert after this. But now there was a series of events which reminded Keating of the curse of the pharaoh. Alfred Lucas, after the trumpet situation, got very ill and didn't quite recover until shortly after the broadcast. On the broadcast itself, on the 16th of April, 1939, on the way to the broadcast, Keating hit a lamppost with his car, but was able to continue the drive. At the museum, dozens of reporters were waiting for him, since he apparently wasn't reachable since his telephone apparently was defective. Many didn't want to let Keating and the new trumpet player in from Prince Charles's own 7th Royal Hussar Regiment, um, because they apparently hadn't heard of the playing of the trumpet and broadcast. And on Sunday, the museum was closed. And of course, the museum director was nowhere to be found. The clock kept ticking closer to the 6 p.m. broadcast time when it, when it was supposed to be broadcasted in London. Just in time, the museum's director did finally show up, but once gotten inside, they realized that the electricity had gone out at some point. But since that's not that uncommon in Cairo at the time, the radio technicians were prepared with batteries, which they, in a feverish pitch, wired together under the light of two flashlights. And five minutes before the show was supposed to broadcast, even those flashlights ran out of battery. It was pitch black. Someone finally did find a candle, so that, I guess, after 3,000 years, at least the trumpets saw the world again as they were used to. It's kind of a nice picture, the contrast between the most modern radio equipment and broadcasting equipment that existed at the time, illuminated by one of the oldest methods. So let's have a listen. The trumpets of the pharaoh Tutankhamun, lord of the crown, king of the south and north, son of red.
Unfortunately, that's not the end of the story because 2011, the Cairo Museum was broken into and robbed. And under the stolen artifacts, unfortunately, were also the two trumpets. It was feared that one would never find them again, but they were in fact found. Oddly enough, they were found together with a couple smaller artifacts and a plastic bag in the Cairo subway. That actually happens more often than one would think, even in Freiburg. A lot of archaeological finds were found in a plastic bag in a Freiburg tram, and that's just one of many examples. The Egyptologist Tsai Havas, the formal general secretary of the Egyptian artifacts department or agency, and then later also served under Mubarak, he claimed that the trumpets had magical properties or abilities because every time they were played, shortly thereafter, war broke out somewhere. So they weren't just played shortly before the launch of World War II in 1939, but also right before the Six-Day War, right before the first Gulf War in 1990, but weirdly enough, not before the second and just a couple days before the revolution in Egypt of 2011. There, the trumpet was played by an employee of the museum in front of a delegation for, from Japan. But, I mean, Havas also believes that the world media and real political power is all run by a Jewish conspiracy, and that experts on mummies don't have any relevancy at all, especially when they contradict his own theories. So, I guess uh, one should generally be a little skeptical when one hears him. And... If the trumpets aren't played anymore, that's not nothing to do with the fear of their magic powers, but for the simple reason that we try to preserve them for the future generations, as witness to a very unique high civilization. And with the sound of the second trumpet, we'll end this show. Tune in next time on The Secret Cabinet. The rest of my shows are on podcastnik.com, podcast N-I-K, and stay on the level. Now the copper trumpet. over 3,000 years, these two voices out of Egypt's glorious past have gone echoing across the world. time inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.